0: Welcome to That Davis Show I am your host, Kenneth Davis Follow me at That's Davis on all social media platforms Follow the executive producer of That Davis Show Ryan Bukovsky Follow him at Ryan B. Ski And Ryan B. Ski on Instagram to get all of his package The highlights Do you not see the highlights? Let them see the highlights Look look, look at that That young man is trying to join a band Alright I see the K-pop in you, son Look at woof. Oh, don't do it to him, <laughs> Don't do it. Don't try to get out of this one man band. (laughs) oh my goodness so many ladies right now just lost their ish whoa I know I can see
1: it oh boy if only only the fans could see what I see right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) so everybody make sure to if you listen to this on SoundCloud or anywhere where you can hear the audio of podcasts go to YouTube and check out the visuals to get our reactions especially when we're cutting up to just kind of get more of a connection to to, the foolishness that takes place when Ryan and I hook up to do that Davis show we got a lot of stuff to jump in today uh we have the bears lost to pittsburgh 29 to 27 that fourth quarter comeback that was somewhat unexpected um You had to be juiced, and you kind of had to have have wanted Justin Fields to have to score a touchdown rather Mm -hmm. than just go down and settle for a field goal to tie the game up. So that was definitely a great experience outside of still taking the L of Pittsburgh, and there are no moral losses. I mean, wins, I should say. But still, for a team that hadn't won at home on Monday night, hadn't lost at home on a Monday night football game in about 30 years, I'll I'll take a little bit of that. Even though I had the, the Bears winning and they didn't win, I'll still settle as they're growing. I won't settle for this in the long term. I'll settle for this as Justin Fields is growing and we keep seeing little progressions by progressions each week on top of week on top of week. On a positive, positive note, the Bulls men are back at it. You, we all know that with tonight they take on... Luka! We say, yeah, so now, all right, we're gonna take on Luka Doncic tonight, which hopefully the Bulls should win. They got more firepower, in my opinion, than Dallas Well, if does. you can beat the Nets, you can beat anyone in the regular season. But that's not the Nets with their full accoutrement, all right? Little Rona's, little Rona's sitting on the sideline. So well, Little we got, Rona might not come back from the I'm system. just saying, you got it. Now, when Little Rona comes back to the Nets, then we'll gauge him. Plus, and it's funny, what I was if, just going back. But if after the when, in I, parentheses? I was, we, were ha- we were having a good, real good dialogue on Twitter a few hours ago uh, from a question that Chris Pennant had put out yesterday about, and I guess I should ask you this about top five shooting guards of all time, right? And the question was, what's going on, Berlissimo? Great time this past weekend with Berlissimo and the guys from Tape Never Lies, Phil and Phil's Pops, Coach O, uh, definitely looking at them, breaking down some tape and getting a little bit of experience and watching what Belismo does. Hats off to Belismo. Belismo, you will come on here to talk some trash. We're just not going to talk Bears. We're going to have some fun, Belissimo, but definitely appreciate you for uh, checking us out. But anyway, getting back to what happened with Chris Pennant and what what took place with uh, our boy, um, uh, Reed Jack, Jack Silverstein. Um, it was top five shooting guards of all time in the NBA. Um, D threw Clay Thompson in his, which I, I wasn't even going to jump into this really. But when I saw Klay Thompson and I had to be like, okay, nah, you you can't put Klay Thompson in your top five of all time. So to let you know to run down my list real quick, you better add Second City. All right. Again, we gotta bring we have to, and I I gotta stop stopping while I'm talking, but we have to bring in. I told you, Ryan, a little bit about Berlissimo's history, but uh the second city connection. Anyway, back to this. So I said MJ Kobe Wade. Um, Harden Drexler. Now, I'll say this. I didn't put AI in my top five because he didn't defend the two, and the two didn't primarily defend him. Yes, in that offense, he basically played the point guard. In a way, though, and I know you had Eric Snow there. You can kind of say he played the combo guard, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Eric Snow was – and Eric Snow got better midway towards his career, but I never looked at him as really a pure point guard, but he primarily was – the point guard that played best or i should say the off guard or other guard is what i should say with ai when you look at larry hughes when you look at Stackhouse, it was eric snow where it kind of worked out moving moving ai primarily to the shooting guard role and not just being um uh, the point guard so that was mine so real quick before we jump into off top what would be your top five shooting guards of all time right
1: um i would keep your list except i would just because I never even saw him play. I'd sub out Drexler, and I think I'd put T-Mac
0: there. Injuries. It's, the, it's, T-Mac would be my third if he never was hurt. Yeah. If he, so Because I mean, this I'm looking at this career-wise, and there's been enough of James okay. Harden's career. Yes, for us I to like the Harden. Sh- so if that's the only reason, T, look, T-Mac, T-Mac is in the top three if he never gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? You're you're debating if T Mac could be as diligent as Kobe to get to his zenith. That would have been the race if T Mac never got hurt. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't think Tracy would have out. He, I don't think Tracy would have outmatched Kobe just because Mm-mm. Kobe was so dogged about being great. But still, I mean, there was a period in time when he got to Orlando. He was a better shooter, in my opinion. All right, um, and he there were some gifts that. You look at T Mac like, man, hold on, this could be the future. But that's why T Mac's not in my top, my top five. Um I'm, some other guys, Ray Allen isn't in my top five. Just because if you told me, if I had to choose between, and again, aesthetically, aesthetics-wise, when you're talking about Harden, a lot of people just don't like him hunting for fouls, you know what I'm saying? Just his his style of game, the ball dominance, all of that. A lot of people don't like it. And I understand that. But when you have a guy that can score 37 points. An average 10, 12, or 11 assists a game, and it's not like a fluke or, or, or some type of apparition. I got to give them props, even if it's not my style of basketball. Because that's, and even in this league that the defense has been softened, and it's kind of like if, as far as football in the passing game, scoring has been accentuated, in particular, three point shooting in the NBA. I, I take that into consideration, but still. Every All these players are playing in this era where that's vogue, to be able to shoot threes and to score in the pace like that. He still excels way above majority, if not all, of those players primarily when you really look at it. It's the real question of what has he done in the playoffs, and I would use as a caveat that he's been in the West and he's primarily been the best player on those teams going up against some Golden State juggernauts, so on and so forth. So that would be also that – that um that Lob City team that uh, took them out uh, years back when Lob City was kind of good. I don't think we really believed in them. I actually remember being at ICB, which of course became IMS and getting to one of our classmates David Ford. David Ford to give you a real history lesson. So David Ford used to come to class high as shit right? And I remember D used to be like, I don't even understand why he takes this class, man. He's <laughs> high all the damn time right? <laughs> And within like the last four months of school, right? He they, it may have been five, but David four had found an affinity for shooting videos and stuff. And still to this day, he does he does video for artists, photography. Like he found himself, and if Ooh. you and looked at the beginning of. Our school year, you would have thought this kid was wasting money. He's one of the success stories that found his niche and exploited it and still to this day is taking off and doing well in his field. But I remember getting to it with Dave. Because he was talking about how he thought the Clippers was going to win an NBA title. And I was like, the Clippers are never going to. And I'm talking about, this is DeAndre Jordan. This this is uh, Chris Griffin. Paul, Blake Griffin. This is that squad. And I'm like, dude, how they're made up. It's not going to happen. I get that it's cool and that team is ascending. But I'm telling you right now, that team will never win an NBA title. Which, they didn't. <laughs> anyway, all right, listen. One thing I didn't say that we have to get into, we got to get into a little bit of baseball. All right? You know, Hot Stove is a month away. Um, We have some going-ons on the south side of Chicago. Ironically, I didn't do this on purpose. I have on my White Sox shirt today. Uh, Shout out to D. D, did you check me Talk about you? You was talking about the day before being high as hell? Shout out to D. Um, Listen, the White Sox, and it's funny, I was watching Josh Nelson from Sox Machine Um, They were on Twitter this weekend, him and a host of other guys, uh, some guys from the 108. They were on there talking about what was taking place with the Sox, in particular, the fact that the Sox didn't um, put in an option for Carlos Rendon. A qualifying offer. A qualifying offer for Carlos Carlos Rendon. And they sat there and decided to keep, all right, use the club option on Craig Kimbrell which I believe is $16 million, mm-hmm. all right? So a lot of the questions, and, and to this to a certain degree, I was being informed too because I thought going into this, the goal was to hold on to Kimbrell to at least use into next year's bullpen, but probably to flip in the offseason. That's what I thought with the, the fact that Kimbrell had found himself again a couple years ago with the Cubs, and seeing him as being a setup guy really doesn't fit him that you can kind of see he needs to be the closer. At least that's what we think. Now we have to find out if he ever gets a chance to go back to closer, will it kind of be like what happened when he initially got to the Cubs? And will that 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 will that will stay the same or will he click back on how he kind of figured it out with the Cubs? But people were upset they didn't put in a qualifying offer for Rodon because, if, of course, even if Rodon gets picked up by another team, they would have gotten a draft pick. So that was one of the main things that upset everyone. My only problem with that was eighteen million dollars, right? And what happens if? And I, I think Carlos Rodon he may not get a contract for eighteen mil per. But I think he'll get a large enough contract if it's multiple seasons, and he, he'll probably he may get two years. I don't. He could get three. I don't know what teams are value how they're valuing him with his injury history, and that's how I look at it. With what the White Sox did as far as knowing his health better than I know his health or any other team in the MLB knows his health, and figuring out we basically can't get to the next few off seasons, and kind of have to babysit his arm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, and it's just the the truth of the matter. We 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 did see this season the Carlos Rodon that for years is a White Sox fan. When they drafted him, we hope we see, and we saw blips in the past just because the slider is so crazy. But to to really see him put it together for majority of a season, not the entirety, because his arm kind of got dead towards the middle part into the year. But still, to see him put it together is fantastic, and I'm happy he was here, and, and I'm happy that. He had that 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 no hitter in a White Sox uniform because I felt like if he had in another uniform, they wouldn't have appreciated it as much as we had since we know his story and how he got here. But getting all the way back to Kimball Oro Don, hmm, my thought is this. Um It would have been nice to hold on to Radon, but I don't think you could give him a qualifying offer for $18 just in case if he has to come back to that qualifying offer because no other team matched it or the offers from the other team he didn't necessarily desire. Perhaps he's looking for, uh, let me go out, try to prove it year again to try to get a larger contract. So that kind of would have been a reason why I wouldn't have given him the qualifying offer. When it comes to Kimbrell, I don't know. To be honest with you, because looking at the Kimbrel situation, what's it going to do to your bullpen? Now it's 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 a catch twenty-two. So letting Kimbrel go, who's your next bullpen dude, right? And and then, but if you keep Kimbrel, he's not a setup guy. Now Rick Hahn has said that they were going to try to find some way to really accentuate what he does best, uses usage-wise, right? But how do you do that when basically you have a closer already? You know, like that's that's the real problem. And I can't see them deciding, all right, we're going to platoon the closer. You know what I'm saying? I I can't see them doing that to Hendrix. I felt like they had to make some type of promise to Hendrix, And that's why you really didn't see Kimbrough get a chance to get some as many closes as you would have thought, because they told Hendricks, if you come here, basically, you're going to be the man. And that's what happened.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And I love these comment right here. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, he does. D, we open talking about the highlights. T, we open up. Yeah, go ahead, hit him with it. Hit him with it, Ryan. Hit Come
1: him. With on. It. Come on, D. You don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it, D? Come on, live young, live forever. Right? Okay. Live Anyways, <laughs> I try to steal Wakanda right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for you all. I've gone through the Kimbrel, yikes, what the hell do we do with this guy thing? And that was, uh, that was no fun for the Cubs. At least we didn't have an issue where once we got him right, like he's the closer, no problem there. So I do see where you're coming from. I think you got to, if you're going to keep him, I think you got to put him in the closer role and just see if that works and see if Hendricks is cool with being just the super utility bullpen guy. Because you also are losing Copec out of the bullpen, too. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna flip him and I say flip him, like do teams just want him after what they've seen from him lately? Like we know baseball markets are so fringe, like it reminds me of the Cubs prospects, like Schwarber, Bryant, all these guys. It was like, you can't sell them now because they're too low in their value. You're not selling them at high value, so you're just not gonna get much of return. And everybody at the trade deadline when they did the mass purge basically said, like, yeah, maybe you got a couple good prospects for the most part, though. Cubs really didn't get too much of value that you're like, damn, okay, you really can rebuild that farm system. Maybe, but we don't know, and most likely probably not, aside from a couple guys that they acquired. Maybe the guy from the Mets, that top prospect. Maybe a couple of these little uh, other guys come up, rise up, and become a top prospect. But for the most part, you're thinking – you're just hoping that you somewhat built up your farm system to be okay. The Sox, they can't play around with farm system. They need guys that can help them out right now. Can Kimbrel be flipped into something to help you right now, like a second baseman an outfield or something like that? I'm not sure. And then what kind of guy are you getting? And on top of it too, if you don't have Kimbrel, do you have enough in the bullpen right now, which was the strength of the White Sox going in? You're losing Kopeck, like I said going to have to replace him. There were some guys that were up and down within the bullpen. Can you get them straightened out? And then what money do you have? Because like you said, you're getting rid of Rodon. Now, if you're not replacing him, like Keiko's your fifth starter. Do we really want that for the White Sox? Cold I mean.
0: Global. Keiko said that he talked to Rick Hahn and the assistant GM and basically told them the second half of the season, is it going to happen again? Which is like, how do you know? And. If you even yeah. go back to when Keiko was signed, he was trending this way. That's what right. we were told that, right. that actually this this was going to happen, but hopefully we hoped it was going to be year three and not year two. Right. And I, he, so I,
1: he doesn't miss bats anymore and he doesn't right. have velocity at all anymore. It's totally mm. just like the little that he had. Yeah. You're like John Lester at the end with the Cubs where you're just trying to like grit your way through the start and get through five To turn it over to
0: the bullpen and hope your wife isn't sleeping with your pastor
1: yeah well that would help too right (laughs) but i mean even if you go through five do you have enough arms in the bullpen right now and so you're not paying you're gonna have to either pay for another starter which you didn't want to do with the road and then you got to get second base because you denied cesar hernandez and you need to replace second base and don't you need to go out and get
0: right field too So you got a lot of money being spent. That's that's it. Like let's just be honest. We have to stop protecting the pockets of Jerry Reinsdorf here. All right. This is a window where you said you're trying to win a title, a 200 million payroll. That put it on the table. Us sitting here saying that 175 and 180 is the cap. If you want to win it all, you can't win it all platooning two positions. And to be honest with you, I'll tell you this. I don't know if you can win it all platooning one. And I mean real platooning, all right? Not where this guy basically starts four games out of the week and then the, these two guys, maybe we give them, one guy gets two games and another guy gets one. I'm talking about you need some 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 players. You need a real second baseman. You know what I'm saying? And let's not forget Lurie Garcia, Who's been your super utility guy and the longest tenured White Sox is a free agent. Hopefully mm-hmm. they bring Lurie back. Um, it'd be funny to see another team putting a value on, perhaps giving him a, a consistent role to instead of him going all around a diamond, basically. Um, but you have to bring Lurie back. You need a second baseman and or you need a, a right fielder. But but one of those, and I I say both of them shouldn't be platoon guy. One of them can't be where right. you got, for instance, if you're talking about right. If you're like, we're going to open up, right, and it's going to be Sheets, all right, it's going to be um, um, Andrew Vaughn, and it's going to be Nick uh, Nick Mag- not Magical, Mag- Mag- uh, 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 Engel, if it's going to be Angle, right? I'm kind of willing to do that. For the most part, you know what I'm saying. Like I would be, in, and maybe maybe have like a veteran. Keep, I don't know if you're going to keep Goodwin or Phillips. Who's going to return? But maybe have one of those type of guys that's also kind of around just in case or whatever. I'm fine with that. But you need a real second baseman. You know what I'm saying? So like, but I. And, and knowing that we were going to have this conversation, and uh, my first thought was. You just can't be cheap. Like as a fan base, we're already kind of instinctively like, well, let's let's par down this the, the, this this uh, this cap. And it's like, no. Yeah. And, again, now if we're three years away, okay, we're in it now. All right, this is your window. All right, and you yeah, had signed guys- those huge three-year
1: contracts with a lot of money, so that's off your books after your window's done.
0: Yeah, and so. It, and and even getting to an ICD was saying he agreed with your logic is the Kimbrel thing, is I'm with you. Cause the problem with Kimbrel is if Kimbrell had two to three more years, now you're talking as far as having something that you can give out to somebody and get something nice back. With him, this been his last year under this contract. And the team basically has him in a walk year unless they want to have him and try to flip him if they get knocked out. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it That's a problem. But again, look, instead of because I'm looking at this year, I'm like, all right, if you traded Kimbrel, right, you can get back something small, right? If you attach Kimbrel with someone. And now, again, I'm, this is just my thought process. I'm not saying this is what you should do, but I'm like, all right, what can we attach with Keiko to get his ass off the books or not all of it? Perhaps definitely they will have to send some money. <laughs> but if you send Kimbrel and Keiko, then whatever you're getting back is just nothing because you're basically having someone take on Keiko's contract, right? So I'm going through this, and then it hits me, I'm like, why am I like, let's not just spend in free agency? All right. If you want old ass surgery, go get them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, like First you, off, you already go get him. Go get though. You you already know Keiko is done. Let's be honest. Keiko is done. You got three star. You got Lynn and Lynn. All right? Because I'm, I'm being honest with you. All right? Yeah. Dylan Cease has nice stuff. He still has Dylan Cease uh, moments or right? innings, I should say. All right? right? Lucas. Lucas is Lucas, which is he can be a good pitcher, but can, are you like – Hold on hold, did, on. hold on. Look at this MFA right here. I know. You got to go to the game. All right, dude. You have a good time at the game. But no, dog, I, I mean, I'm vibing and you going to stop me, riding? And I'm vibing like this. <laughs> Goodness, hey, the gracious. people want to talk to us. We got to talk oh, to the people. Yeah, but you, we got to find out how to do it within this. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not doing it well either. Well, normally we to, I don't interrupt you, but I, I know, just have to with this. But with it's, this it's just, And shout out to D going to the game. But listen. Dude, look, you got to spin. And I'm not even saying it's like some jerk-off-ass fan. You have to spin because this is your championship window and it's time to stop playing. So you need to go out and get a pitcher. You need to go out. And, and look, all these guys don't have to be world beaters, but one and a half should be, to be honest with you. Really, too. I'm giving you some leniency and saying one and a half. Either the left fielder and the second baseman, one of those guys needs to be kind of nice. He may not be nice now, but he was nice years back, and now he's good, but it needs to be something like that. And then to be – Like Zobris with the Cubs kind of thing? Yeah, exactly like Zobers, right? But when you're talking about the starters, let alone the bullpen situation, but when you're talking about the starters, you need a guy that can fluctuate between the three and the two. And I mean really three and a two, not when he's really a three and a four. No, no, no. You need a guy that at times where you feel like, particularly depending on the hitters you're facing, Lance Lynn, that if you want to go with somebody else like the Astros and your your guy Lance Lynn only throws varying fastballs, that you have someone else that you can say, oh yeah, we got this gunner right here. Let's let him right. go out there and take these guys on first. You, you need to set yourself up because all and that's another thing. Let's not act. Well, the Astros may be going away, but I even have a feeling with how that team is structured with all the free agents that they have that they're still they going to be a good team system too. That's what I'm about. That's what I'm saying. So that's just. That's how I feel right now. I get why everyone is upset with Carlos Rodon not getting that contract. And you're right, Simo. they need to get clutch. Um, I get why they're upset. But again, I don't know if I want to attach 20 million dollars to an arm that flames out every season. And that's unfortunate. But I and I I I, I get that. It's and, and then but see the cat the the part about me playing on both sides of that is I can't say in one point you have to spend yes, I can. You have to spend but I don't want to spend on someone that I know is injury prone because I know that's gonna set me back later on, even if going I wish the best could I wish the best would come to fruition, but you never know, and it could be mid or the worst when it comes to if he's healthy or not.
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I like how you didn't bring up the overemphasis of Michael Kopak, because that worries me a little bit. Because nope, I think he's gonna okay. be great. I think but he's still. gonna be great. But this year, after right. he hasn't been in the starting rotation in his, since what? two or three years that he hasn't been a starter, you're getting starter innings and doing the starter workload. I think that's asking a lot for the kid to be just an ace right away. Like it might be a couple year kind of thing, especially for him to just build up. And he's still got to learn how to pitch. You hear from so that's what I was all waiting the time.
0: For Dude, that's what I was like. We keep talking like when it comes to mastering all of his pitches that Kopech is there already. Slow your fucking roll. All right. He's getting there
1: and he looks great.
0: He has the pitches, but knowing when to use them, knowing what to do when you don't have that heater at a hundred, how you have to necessarily pitch around somebody with some guile. It's going to take a minute to your point to say that he's there and that we're straight. Listen, it could happen though, Ryan. He may set the world on fire, but in setting the world on fire, he can't go over 200 innings. You know, if so I have you are a Strasburg
1: already... situation.
0: Exactly. And you, you need to be cautious. Even though I'll say this: if we get into a Strasbourg situation and we're it in, in a window to win the World Series, Tim Kopek's arm. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Because listen, the Nationals just won it a couple years ago, dude. They almost lost. Remember that? How the whole thing about shutting them down—an opportunity right. to win with Strasbourg for a minute. it seemed like they wasn't gonna get that opportunity. Then it finally happened three seasons well, ago. Well, they, so. they they won it on the absolute edge of their winning window. That's right. The only reason. Right. So I'm not trying. I'm not trying to have that happen to me. I I need to get one. I would like to get two. But if if that's and again, I'm joking. I I I, I don't want to. Con- Compromise this young man's future, but it's just the the seriousness of how hard it is to win a world series in mlb And to your
1: point, I mean, like when you go, we know World Series is never guaranteed, right? You could have the best team in baseball, it doesn't mean you're gonna win a World Series. Yep. I don't like the idea of our starting rotation depends on Michael Kopek. Like that's risky to me. Maybe not in the future, but just for this season. And like you said, you don't want Keiko there. You want Keiko to be like your sixth starter that long reliever backup guy, eat up some innings for you, especially with Michael Kopak, so you can save him for the playoff run the following, or that season. So they got to definitely get a starter, and like you said, they got to throw money at the problem, but you might have to consider trading some of these assets too.
0: Oh, to for lock sure. somebody. For sure, for sure, some of these young kids have to go. You, listen, you can get rid of a couple of them this offseason. Le- listen, but leave the Cubans. Yeah. Always. <laughs> We keep our Cubans, baby. We keep don't touch them Cubans, So leave the Cubans, everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> leave those in the humidifier. Little little cesspit Le- Leave him over there. All right. Really. I'll put him to the side. We can't keep him. <laughs> we gonna keep <laughs> leave the Cubans, man. We good. we can the Cuban. We're good in Cuba. All right. Let's switch to a little bit of hardwoods, man. Let's let's talk a little bit now. You know what? I'm, my bad. Let me let, Audible that. Let's go to the Bears. All right. Let's let's get to the meat. All right. Going into this this bye week, Oof. let's get to this. Me and you haven't talked about this. As I said, um, and are we starting I, and with I, the good, aka Justin Fields,
1: or the bad? Basically everything else.
0: Um, let's start with the good. Okay. Let's start with the good. All right. Um, you saw you had this Bears game where one. Um, I, going back, I, as I said earlier, I was on the tape never lies network Saturday morning. Um, I was only—I ended up being on there for two and a half hours because I was enjoying myself. And uh, the thing, we're watching um, these guys in particular, Bellissimo break breakdown tape, and he does a terrific job. Um, the thing that stuck up to me with the most, outside of guys just making bonehead plays and taking incorrect angles, and just not playing fundamentally sound football, it was the effort. And it was that it was a lot of motherfuckers. Well, not a lot, but a decent amount. Who you can tell wasn't giving wasn't giving it their all. Now, from playing sports in general, it's hard to bring it on every play. All right, so I, I, I'm saying that with that caveat, but you still know it's not every play, but consistently where you see brain farts and people just not putting their mind and their effort into the game. So getting to this game this week, okay, it's he did, but barely. Simo, um, and you wouldn't know better than anybody. So getting into this week. I um, mean, the things that stuck out to me kind of going along with last week was the, the the fact that you could tell the game is slowing down to Justin Fields. You saw just release more talk about the blitz pick up as far as uh and as far as uh, I'm Justin Fields. I'm sorry. My brain is cramping up. Um, I like him taking off instead of waiting and using his feet. It, you could tell and it, it kind of happened when um, Khalil Herbert got get, got hurt the uh, past game with Justin Fields in the second half was like, I got to start running more. You could tell looking at what looked like insurmountable odds against the Steelers, he was like, I'm going to use every trick that I have in my toolbox offensively to get this offense going, him and the offensive play call. So that that's a positive of looking at this team. The, the fact that, look, I was just talking about blasting in a way Uh, Cole Commit, man. Cole Commit had a nice game. Yeah, I was finally like, I was on Cole Commit's ass Saturday morning. All right, Cole Commit. I'm not saying I'm taking everything back that I said, but that damn noise looked a lot like the hype that they was talking about as far as what was going to take place when it comes to Cole Commit. You know what I'm saying? He led the team in receptions. That's been a
1: first, and he finally looked athletic. He finally looked like he was making plays downfield. Like finally. And especially knowing that Justin Fields is on the rise, throwing it, it it makes you feel a little bit better, at least in that development, that we're going to see more of the tight end be involved. Hey, we saw Jimmy Graham too. Go figure. Right. Jimmy Graham's on the roster.
0: Yeah, and then the, the, oh, he said best game of the season. So did so did Mustapher Still, just yeah, they, I'll say this too, Uh Belismo and his offensive line picking out these guys have been blasting the shit out of Sam Mustafer. and you know what, he deserves it. <laughs> right,
1: you know, like, well, it's really concerning when you see Larry Borum looking like he might be a guy. And a lot of people have been raving about his play. Jason oh, you say Peters a lot of has...
0: People, this dude that's talking is the lot of people that you're talking
1: about. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Peters is playing much better. Like, right now, who's your weak link? Sam Muslifer. So,
0: real quick. The thing, too, and I talked about this with you while I was watching the tape with the Simo, was reaching. The thing with Sam Muslifer, man, it, it was a lot of reaching when... Listen, you you the help dude. You know what I'm saying? Sit your ass down, all right, and prepare to help. Don't hack and get to reach, 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 reach. Like that was a thing, and it just size. Also, too size. Let's just be honest when it comes to Sam muscle Just it just size. But I didn't even want. to... That's not what I want to do. Let me not get distracted. Um, listen, you mentioned the passes. All right, we we keep seeing the across the body pass, the pass that took up the seam that Justin Field like. Just the fact that. As far as the balls in the air, he has the second highest game of the ball distance wise in the league this year. It makes you feel good when you're talking about a quarterback who can also be athletic, but in particular is trying to win from the fucking pocket. You know, and like that. That's the best part of everything you keep seeing with Justin Fields. Take our biasness of being Bears fans out of it. It looks right. Yes, like it does. When, and and, and, and I've, I've been trying, I've been very hard on myself trying to be like, wait, are you just doing this because the, the, the checking the temperature in the room, everyone else is saying it, and this is the player. Think about it, Ryan, you and I, opine for this kid was like, well, we're not going to get we him. So we were about Lance this guys. in D's basement when we right. were like, no shot getting him. Yeah, dude, about we, any Justin Fields. Yeah, we were Trey Lance guys because we knew it was no shot at getting Justin Fields. And if we put him up against these quarterbacks that so far have played this season, the only one right now that you can say has been playing better than him is, I would say, particularly it's because of the coaching the situation is, and it's Mac Jones. You know what I'm saying? The rest we of them. I know
1: that Tate never lies how they feel about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but but I'll say the rest of them, and if you put Mac Jones in this situation here, it'd be. The, it'd be some trouble, like I was talking about before, as Especially far as Matt Nagy as the coach. Was particularly how that offensive line was playing during Parson this year, on top of Matt Nagy being the coach. But when you look at that, when you look at David Montgomery and them implementing the Wildcat, and at least on two to three of those rushes, for they, they got ten yards, they got first downs on two Wildcat runs. The coaches did in the second half a good job. I, I will give them that today. They did a, a good job. You know what I'm saying? So props to that. Defensively, I, I think it was an Eddie Goldman sighting, right? We did get
1: an Eddie Goldman sight. He actually looked good. He actually got some backfield penetration, and he actually looked like an anchor to a defense trying to stop the run.
0: you got to answer the question for release. Oh,
1: you were right, my friend. You were right. You were right. Uh, I don't know if I was hating on the
0: Mac Jones. I kind of like Mac Jones. I just said that I didn't want him as the Bears quarterback. I yeah, was right. I, I, I didn't want him as the Bears quarterback. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, but at least I, I was right. I, I won't bullshit that. I was right. <laughs> all right. But um, we don't listen, have to quarrel. We got Justin Fields. We got it all, baby. We're feeling but, good. But getting back to it, and he was playing against a rookie. But you, listen, you have to face who's in front of you. And playing against a rookie, finally, Eddie Goldman showed up this season because he's been MIA. Like, it's just, it's been disheartening seeing the fact that the runs up the middle with having a guy that's been one of the better DTs in the league at Nose and Goldman finally kind of playing like himself again versus a rookie, but finally giving you that action that you want from that guy that's supposed to be that anchor in the center of your defensive line it was definitely great. Akeem Hicks. I said on Under Center today that'll be dropping tomorrow. Um, we talked in the past about some of the Bears who probably won't be here next year. And one of the guys that I know that um that that Adam Hogue was like that won't be here was Akeem Hicks. And I told him today, I said, you know what? I, I gotta have Akeem Hicks sign next season. And I'm going into the year knowing he's gonna, he's not gonna, he's gonna miss three games, right? But when you look at the fact that Bilal Nichols it's not playing to the level that we expected Bilal Nichols to play. And that was one thing that Hogan mentioned, but also one thing that was pointed out during the tape of the last session this past weekend, but Bilal Nichols isn't giving you what you need. And I never thought Bilal Nichols could be a Keem Hicks, but I thought Bilal Nichols could be the best Bilal Nichols and get it done in a fashion, in a fashion that's satisfying is being your primary five technique guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. And it it'll never be like that. He'll never be that beast. And it'll be different if he wasn't a beast. If he was getting it done by speed and technique, but it's it's just not going to happen. You have to have that dominant agitator and uh, the, the disruptor in the Keem He pushes
1: the pocket right your in the front, quarterback's face. Yeah, you're,
0: you, you don't have a, just another beast on our front seven. And trying to sit there just to rely to get it from the edge guys, if you keep both edge guys in mm-hmm. Khalil Mack and Quinn, is not going to be enough. And, and I know... Mr. Quinn, can we get on sides, please? Whoa! Shawty was living in a neutral zone. My I mean, goodness. it was... Hey, How many something. of those do you get
1: before you uh, back up a little? It take, a lot. It's Everything. like the... How many people does it take to change a light bulb? type joke? I feel like that's like, how many flats does it take Robert Quinn to
0: back up? So, listen, what were your thoughts on this past game?
1: Uh, I mean, the Justin Fields stuff was terrific. No doubt about it. And like you said, the decisiveness. Let me run. Let me throw this thing right here. Let me not just sit here trying to read the whole field like I got the best O-line in football and I got time. I think he would have been even better had a few of those throws he got a chance to really step up without a guy right living in his face on some of those deep throws. But that deep ball looks nice. It looks pretty like compared to Mitch Trubisky. Oh, my God. What a night and day pushing that ball downfield. And then on top of it, too, that like baseball rollout throw thing weapon that he has where he's just throwing these darts like we saw with Jesse James. against San Francisco do that and then we see it this week with Darnell Mooney on the uh, take the lead touchdown before it was given away like that thing looks right I I mean I would say other also too when he's tried to escape he's looked almost a little slow like defenders have caught him in the backfield that didn't look like that this game it looked like he was like the fastest player and he was definitely the best player on the field when the Bears offense was out and I just love that like He fits like the style you want to play in Chicago, where you want to run the football because of the weather. You want to be physical. And this dude can just absolutely do the play action, the rollouts, the quick passing if you need it. But that's obviously the worst part of his game right now. But if you got that run game, slow down that pass rush, and then we force the ball downfield, he can play that all day long. Like he just fits. And I feel like everything about him just fits. And what I'm really realizing about him It's like we always talk about when it comes to prospects in the draft, you got to go to the right situation. Well, I'm starting to realize there's two types of players. There's the player that needs the right situation, and then there's the other player, which is probably a little more rare, that will succeed no matter what because they're just that guy. And that's what I think Justin Fields is.
0: I I think I've heard Chris Carter say this, a Hall of Fame receiver for the Vikings. We won't mention this time in Philadelphia with the (laughs) – but um find the fall find guy. But no, no, no. The thing too, Chris Carter said that most guys are system guys and that there are some outliers to your point, but majority of NFL players, majority are system guys. You know what I'm saying? And that I agree with you. Where with Justin Fields, you can see that he his ability to throw, and this is the thing too. You said the passes were nice. His ability to throw a deep ball accurately. And I thought about that when you were talking about Mitch's passes because it wasn't that Mitch couldn't throw it deep. It was that Mitch couldn't throw it accurately. Right. His, right. his ability to throw on the move in the pocket and on the move accurately, it says a lot for a young quarterback and it says a lot for the foundation that you can build on in Justin Fields. So it's not something that you have to try to train him to become accurate. You can step on to the next lesson because he already has that one in his toolbox. So like that 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 again. I I was and, thoroughly and just pleased. On top of it, sorry, I just wanted to throw. So like how we're talking about how
1: he's just developing. Regardless, we feel like he's one of those outlier players. And you in that game saw the other thing with Matt Nagy, where this dude is trying everything he can to not let Justin Fields succeed and the team succeed almost, but this guy's just succeeding anyways. And right. you just felt like – and I talked about this with Kyle Means when we did our pregame show before that game. Like, this was Matt Nagy's game. Like, you missed the week before. It's going into the bye. This is not some world beater Steelers team. Like, this is your chance to show your worth. And he showed it, and it wasn't worth anything.
0: I don't know. If we're going to go versus the 49ers to the last game against a team – the better defense. Again, I'm not a man. You know why I stand with Matt Nagy. I'm just But on top words. of the two, you had the defensive injuries.
1: Like, this was the right.
0: game to really be like,
1: I got my quarterback rolling. I got some of these young players like Cole Komet rolling. I got this dynamic deal on the backfield. Let's see what our offense can do. And it was better, but they needed a special team slash defensive touchdown to even get to 27. They couldn't even get there again as an offense, only got to 20. And how many series in the beginning of that game before he finally went to ground and pound, bootlegs, the stuff that he should have been running from the beginning instead of the spread, dumbass, I want to be quarterbacky, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Like, I'm just so sick of that part with Matt Nagy. And on top of it, too, you see all these discipline issues and just like Robert Quinn lining up off sides. God knows how many times felt like it was half the penalties, which they had like, what, 12 or 11? And some of them were horrible because the James Daniel call was horrible. That was not a chop block. That was a bad call. And I guess you could say maybe the taunting by Cassius Marsh was a bad call. I don't
0: know. Oops. It, was it, stupid. It's, it's stupid. it was stupid. It's stupid. stupid. But him maybe sitting there. Saying, like, I don't know if he yapped or whatever, but the energy he was giving right. to their bench. It's Shorty, taunting. You That's listen. taunting. You know who you needed that moment when Cassius Marsh was doing that to the Steelers bench? You needed LeBron James talking to, to um to what's the name Payne? Uh Cameron Payne. Have you you know that meme where that, that <laughs> clip where LeBron is telling Cameron Payne like you was humble last year when you was out of the league? No, nah, no, nah, don't start that now. Like, that's what you need for Cash's march. LeBron saying, You was humble when you just got picked off the practice squad. Don't come out here not flexing like shorty. If you don't go sit your ass back. All right. Like, what in the world is going on? By the way, did the we least? get
1: a LeBron James tweet on on Justin Fields? He's usually uh, keeping an eye on the
0: young king, as he likes to call him. No, I don't remember seeing. It. I only remember <laughs> LeBron James. And I know we'll talk about it later, the tweets about OBJ and freeing him from the Cleveland Browns. That's the last LeBron tweet that I have any information about. Okay. Because usually, right.
1: you know, those Ohio State Quarterbacks. He likes to keep an eye on those guys. There's not too so many he Ohio
0: State quarterbacks. He's no, like so he's got on. a,
1: a one to keep an eye on.
0: Not too, not too many. Not too many. But anyway, um, let's transition and get a little bit to a little bit of the hardwood, uh, something on a little bit of lighter note with Oof. the successes taking place on Madison. Since only one side of Madison is actually doing anything, the Blackhawks are.
1: Hey, they're 2 0 with the interim. They're coming still, back, baby.
0: Still got all that stink <laughs> on them. All that. Oh, I don't even want to jump into it, man, on all that that mess that's taking place there. But the Bulls, after suffering back to back losses to the 76ers, beat a team that a lot of people looked at as the favorite in the East. And that's they came and beat the Nets in the fourth. They drummed the Nets in the fourth quarter. Um, tonight, which you'll be getting with well last night, I should say, since this will come out tomorrow, uh, they faced Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, look, The Bulls, for right now, are par for the course of what we expect from what we, from you, what me and you and I saw this preseason, and we hope that it would keep trending because preseason can be bullshit to say the least. But it did trend. The defense, the 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 active arms have been trending. The fact that the team has been has not taken as many threes as you would desire them to take, but the guys that you don't necessarily look at as being efficient three point shooters in, and I know he improved last year with the Pelicans and Alonzo. And a DeMar DeRozan, who's historically been a guy that's a mid-range mid-range guy, have been working the three-point line a lot more effectively than necessarily what we would have expected. So that's at least kept them in some games. And unfortunately, and it wasn't the last game, but a lot of games, and they at least have the firepower they've had to come back from. And you don't want that to be what they do going into the season, especially as more teams start to get chemistry and get a rhythm. It's still early in the NBA season, everybody. Like that's even with the success that the Bulls have, it's early. As shit. Like this, like of the way in, right? And I'm not saying I, the Bulls are going to fall straight up flat on their face, but it's er, I mean one one significant injury can throw this whole thing off, and especially for a team that's still trying to find itself out. Compared to
1: if they were.
0: Right. Compared to if there were a team that at least had chemistry together, where then it would be easier to accentuate one of the players who gets less minutes and less shots because a player ahead of him is now out of the game. So that's just it's early. But it being early. I love what I'm seeing from this team. I love what I'm seeing from Billy Donovan. We talk about it all the time. It's it. I. I hate necessarily getting on their deficiencies because every team has them, but still the thing is rim protection Booch. I was just watching going over a game today and it's, it made me think about talking to uh, Sean, the Sean's actually, I was talking to Sean Davis on Sean and I with Sean Sierra and just talking about Booch wasting time, trying to post people up when sometimes just get to that work. And he was trying to post up, uh, Blake Griffin and Bla- he, Blake was not letting him move. Him. And we, I mean, not to say that Blake is a weak guy, but historically we've never looked at him as being a stout defender, but Bla- I mean, you're talking on the legs, Blake Griffin, right. But it's just it's, – if, if if Vooch can find a way to effectively and efficiently but quickly get it going, get his shots off, rather than trying to work methodically into it. Not to say there will be times you need him to work methodically, but let the season really get into commencing until you really need him to do that. Let him, particularly against second-team units where he's the featured offensive player, really start to accentuate that. That's what I would like to see from Vooch because sometimes – I think, and this is going to sound crazy, I think he's wasting opportunities when he's trying to get set instead of, listen, we're going to just do some pick and pop. I'm going to toss you this ball real quick. You do that baby hook. Don't waste this time trying to get get low, get low, because it's it's just not working. But I'm not saying that they don't need it, but right now they don't need it. Right now you're bogging down the offense in the half-court setting.
1: I totally agree. And, you know, one thing I'm really encouraged about so far with this young team, they have this, like, mini golden state quality. Good night, Bertolissimo. They got this mini golden state quality where it's like they're not out of any game. Like, they've Mm. put together a flurry almost like every single game. And to your point, we don't want to be coming back all the time. you got to be able to start earlier and finish strong. But you look at that Nets game strong first quarter stronger fourth quarter just destroyed them in the fourth quarter uh that's how you want to do it. you want to start fast you want to close strong and it just feels like they're never out of game out of a game and there's been a few times like depending on the opponent like even some of these 76ers games i was like oh boy kind of down a- around 20 this thing might get south real quick but they seemingly always get it close look at that Knicks game They were like out of it the entire game until the last couple minutes, and they somehow got it back to within we were a three away from winning that game. So I'm just so encouraged by the fight that they have. And some of these role players are really exciting to see if they can maybe not necessarily develop into greater players, but be even greater role players than what they're doing right now. Like Javante Green, Hmm. I'm liking what Tony Bradley's given you. Who knows what Kobe White's coming? And the Tony Bradley thing isn't amazing by any stretch, but he's a big you can count on off the bench, at least for right now, which is, I think, important for this team.
0: You don't think? I don't know about saying he's a big I can count on right now. It's early for me to give you that one, Ryan. I won't yeah, give you that that's one. Fine. That's we'll fine. We'll see. I mean I'm in. willing I'm willing to wait and see, sir. How about that? But I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily I can't I can't co-sign that when it say that he's a big <laughs> and I'm talking I mean, about... consistently giving me what I need. I can't I can't say that as of right now. And uh, Vooch,
1: on top of we talked about him, I think like seeing some of the defensive plays he made against that nets team was encouraging because you're going to need him to show some size if you're going to try to beat the nets in the playoffs if you have any thoughts of that you're going to have to win with some of your size against them so you need vooch to have both an impact on offense and defense It just they're in a good spot right now they just got to keep gelling they got to keep rolling they got to get kobe white healthy and you know just the way that eversley and karnashovas have built this team I feel like he's going to fit. I feel like they kept that in mind. Hey, this is going to be our second unit, Lou Williams type. We're going to have him just with the staggering starters dominate because we feel like DeRozan can play make. We feel Levine can play make. We know uh, Lonzo Ball can play make. We just don't know if he can score consistently. But if you can get that established kind of third score on this team, I mean,
0: not necessarily sky's the limit, but
1: within the East, they're going to have a lot of success.
0: I'll say this too before we transition to um up for grabs. The thing too about the Kobe White returning, when you're talking about playing with the haste and pace this season, it's he's really gonna be featured into that. When you're talking about Lonzo, these guys running down the court, now you have a speech during a Kobe White, you know say so Kobe's not a Oh leaper. my god. And, can imagine when Caruso or Ball steal it, pass it up to right. one another, and you got Kobe White flying up the that's court. That's what I'm saying. That's what, like, he's he's not a guy that can get in the lane and get it done, but when you're talking about, about a fast break and having a guy like that, or you're talking about a fast break and diving and then kicking it out to a guy like that that's either trailing it or is out on the arc, dude, like, again, hopefully, let me, I don't want to make it seem like Kobe White's going to come back and be the answer to our prayers, even though we don't have a lot of prayers right now because the Bulls are playing so well. But we already know the type of player that Kobe White is, and I know some people we could definitely ding him for some things as far as being a point guard and basketball IQ, but he can shoot, and he's fast. And if you set him up, he can score, and they got guys to set him up. And with the team that's that's looking to hasten their pace, he can be an asset that they necessarily take advantage of, and they can help this team as far as moving forward and going deeper into the playoffs. All right, Ron B. Skeet, time to go up for grabs. What do you have for me? Speaking
1: of Odell Beckham Jr.,
0: it's
1: down to eyeing Kansas City, Green Bay, and New Orleans. But I'll give you any. What team, if any, would benefit the most with an OBJ signing? I guess if any.
0: I mean, you know how I feel about my Kansas City Chiefs. They're for the streets. Um, <laughs> I love them, but they're for the streets. I mean, he may as well. I mean, everybody ends up there. To be honest with you, I like the Brooklyn Nets. Right, in our it's it's the Green Bay Packers, um, and that's with Mr. Liar, Mr. Liar, man. Um, that's with Super Liar and Aaron Rodgers. Um, but if you're talking about OBJ on one side, and Devontae Adams on the other, with Aaron Jones in the backfield, slot. dude, that that's that's I mean, you're talking about a a playmaker and Aaron Rodgers, regardless of the fact that he did some whole shit as far as what happened with the Rona. But just talk about the player on the field, Aaron Rodgers. All right. With a player like Odell Beckham and Green on top of that, Green Bay, where there's nothing to do. And players, right. I mean, I no know there's nothing to do with Cleveland, but if you if you think that there was nothing to do with <laughs> Cleveland, wait till you get to Green Bay. Like it's it's Green because I'll say this. I don't, it's not it, it is a problem with the offense with Kansas City. And I said this to you, I said this, I brought this up on, um, I, brought this up, I was on the rush with David Kaplan Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday or Monday. It was Monday. It was Monday. I was on the rush with Cap this week and last week. And I brought up to him something I said to you last year. If you can remember the first Kansas City game of the season. And I said to you, Ryan, I think Kansas City may be in some trouble because there's no one to hold uh, Patrick Mahomes accountable. I said that they were on third down. And Patrick Mahomes looked at Andy Reid and was like, no, and basically sent in the punt team. Patrick Mahomes was like, we're not going. Like, that's it. Like, it, I think they were close to the end of the half, too. And Mahomes was like, no, forget it. And I was like, damn, shorty, really? It's early for him to be running the show like that. Right. Like, I was <laughs> like, like it, again, he's the man, and that contract dictates he's the man, but it's he does early. Have baby go next to his yes, name. Yes. And that, but that's the problem. Because there's no one to hold you accountable to answer to, you know what I'm saying? So now you're seeing Patrick Mahomes. You're seeing a lot of Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of not not locking in the fundamentals, or because he's so freaky, he doesn't necessarily have to accentuate his fundamentals like a uh-huh. certain guy used to do here. That got that got drafted by Denver, got traded here to Old the Bears. County. Who uh, missed up throwing off his back foot? Even though he, no one was pressuring him, right? Right, right. right? Like, <laughs> Let me get no one pressuring me, but guess what? Back foot. Let me get um, comfortable on this throw. Put <laughs> my weight back yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Now we're not saying we're not saying when you're throwing, don't hit your back foot before you release. That's not what we're saying. Right. We're talking about just you're going back. <laughs> how, about, how about you shift that weight? Shift it. It's like the Marion challenge when he. <laughs> <laughs> but listen so it would be it would definitely be green bay to see the problem with the saints is they don't have a quarterback so i, I right. know he's you want from that louisiana Simeon smoke right i know he's from louisiana but why why would you do that there's no quarterback there um i think uh, and again I, I thought the rams were in this i would have loved to see the rams perhaps they probably were
1: there. like we're in la Fuck no. I was Odell. just
0: gonna s I was just gonna say, but I don't know how much of that party life oh gonna get get the old, old
1: Like at least in New York it gets cold. You might want to stay in, like, oh, LA?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, fam. <laughs> I, feel, I feel you. I totally feel you. but what about you? What where would you say?
1: Uh yeah, Green Bay makes a ton of sense. Your logic is very sound and especially like you said, if you're Green Bay, you're thinking, no distraction here. He's gonna be all business. And if you can get Odell on all business with Devontae Adams as your clear cut number one and Odell can just be a guy, a weapon, ooh, that's a nice little situation for him for sure. So I think Green Bay is probably the best. I mean, you gotta throw Kansas City in there, like you said the streets like he just he would fit in there they'd figure out they'd make it work ish but Patrick Mahomes got to get a little bit a little bit right seems like he just in that last game with the Packers like missing guys that I've never seen him miss like that before. Refusing to check
0: down refusing. Shady mm-hmm. was like what I'm going for it. Right <laughs> like, bump this Jordan love I'm throwing right. it downfield. Did you see the one the clip that they showed last night or yesterday, where Travis Kelsey is pointing to the checkdown. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is like what check down? And listen, it, it we throw touchdowns here, baby. It's <laughs> it's funny because it, it it reminds me of the GIF that came out like two or three months ago, and I think I showed it to you, where it had Patrick Mahomes, and he's he's like you could tell he's running out to the edge, and he has the ball in his hand, and he's like. Uh shit! I, I know uh he, he's about to throw the ball. He's like, I know Tyree got to be down there somewhere, and it just then at that point it was leading to the positivity of the fact that he could do no wrong, and that the talent that was surrounding him. But he's actually doing that, and it's hindering them now, which is the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's that's the problem. When I think he, I'll think he'll figure it out. But I'll say this too, and I'm, I'm just on the outside looking in. This is my opinion. Andy Reid's going through a lot too. Let's not forget that his son, that was part of the organization, is. I we all know what happened to his last son tragically. His other son, I should say. I don't know if how many kids he has, so let me say that. But you lost a kid due to problems with substances, right? At one point, that someone said that your crib was a drug emporium, and now you have another son. And we're, this is we're talking about this while the Henry 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 Rugs. Uh, situation: The third is taking place where what was this a playoff game? Was it was it, it was a it, that was like the AFC Championship game or something last year? It was yeah, it was
1: right after the AFC Championship game before the Super Bowl,
0: right? Where his in his celebration, time. I think after right the AFC it, Championship. So uh, so again, as far as locking in and focus, I don't know how hard I can lock in had one of my children have uh, had, was going to jail basically for a crime, and I already lost a child. So, and shout out to everybody involved in that. So, I don't know. I think that's hard. To lock. He's, in, lock
1: he's in. like Matt Nagging right now, like refusing to run the ball. Classic Andy Reid mistake that he made in the past. He's just, I think, falling in love with the Kansas City mojo, and they need Andy some Reed, discipline there.
0: Andy Reid needs a wake-up call about every six years where you have to be like, whop! Cause we're like, remember, like when he's yeah. like when he got the he got the KC and he started going around and started bringing in all those college those college offenses into what he was doing there. And this is when he had Alex Smith and we're bringing it back. But but getting back to what you are saying with Philadelphia it was like, dude, run the damn ball, right? Like, stop you you west coasting too much. All right, mm-hmm. you west coast mm-hmm. you west coasting way too much. Sometimes you just I know you can get the ball to a guy three yards away in space, and you can say that that's a run. Sometimes you need to just hand that ball right. off three yards in the cloud of dust, or perhaps he breaks it for a little bit more, but fundamental football's football always works.
1: And you got to get that look, right? Get that extra look, baby.
0: Yeah. Mm. I don't know what's
1: going on with KC, but in terms of OBJ, uh, he got to be a winner. First of all, he's not going to, you don't want him if you're not going for the playoffs, because that's just going to be a pain in the ass right there. So you need to be a winner and yeah, you got to have a place that's like, you can keep him in check and, Green Bay is honestly probably
0: the best place for that, except what Aaron Rodgers is up to. All right, <laughs> last one. So you could be like, "How you gonna tell me? How your line ass gonna tell me what to do? <laughs> I'm vaxxed, or at least I'm open about it if I'm not vaxxed. But like you, you talking immunized? Yeah, you stop. <laughs> whatever immunized. Go back to the Go at you what, what Joe Rogan tell your ass today? <laughs> Go on the Pat McAfee show and complain about something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me the last one. Uh,
1: why don't get your thoughts? Report today from Mr. Tyson Fury's father that he w- underwent elbow surgery on both elbows, dealing with some bone spurs that he was dealing with in the fight with Deontay Wilder. And he was saying how, I believe uh, there was something within the article, if he had n- missed his jab or anything like that, he would have been donezo. Like, and he could barely do his full array of punches because of the elbow so, how much greater is that victory over uh, Wilder if you're Tyson Fury?
0: First, I'm gonna take this with a grain of salt because that's his papa saying this. All right, um, but I mean, dude, it was a instant classic for a heavyweight bout. I mean, in an era where the heavyweight um, division is has been trash, it isn't trash right now. It has been trash to get this fight, which is the third fight between two fighters, and you sometimes when you get to the third fight, you're kind of already like, okay, we don't really need to do this again. For Wilder to give it his all, I think most of us went in thinking that Wilder couldn't beat Fury, but Wilder stepped up to that mountain that day, right? Yes, and, and Fury took it to a whole nother level after, after, after Wilder's Took it to his level and showed that he's the best heavyweight out right now. And I, I love me some Anthony Joshua, but Fury's gonna beat Anthony Joshua's ass when they step. The only problem with Anthony Joshua is sometimes he can play to his competition. Like he will have that game where it's like, "Damn, Shorty just dropped sixty on your ass, right?" And right. then he'll remind us that he's Anthony Joshua and uh-huh. that he doesn't have that 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 greatness strain in him to where he consistently comes out like it like Fury does now. Fury had to lose everything for him to really know I, I can't I can't take this for granted. You know what I'm saying? And now you see a man that lost it and how, oh, I got it back. I'm not just gonna have it. I'm gonna show you how great I can be. Um I think listen, if it's true. Shout out to him. Um, you know, he's had some issues in the past that we, as of right now, we believe he's overcome. I don't know Tyson Fury enough, but it seems like he's overcome and isn't the same ass that he was five or six years ago. Some of the comments that he used to say, um, I, I mean, he's a student of the game. If you love boxing, you can you have to love Tyson yeah, Fury if you really honestly. love boxing. Yeah. That's just the truth of the matter. Because I'm you're talking about a, a big guy who because of his size, he can knock you out, but he isn't a knockout guy. He's a he's a, a heavyweight fighter that fights like a welterweight, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the, Moves the, the guy,
1: incredibly well for a man that's around. For a man of that pounds. size.
0: Yeah, dude. Like he he's so skilled, it's crazy. So I mean, I, I love it if it's true. Um it, it also, like you said, it 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 kinda adds to the, the mythos if mm. Uh, moving forward, that's what um, I was thinking true. Sure. So, I mean, but I'm, dude, just thinking about and I haven't even rewatched that fight, and I need to go back and rewatch it because I recorded since yeah, I paid for too. it. Um, it was st- that was one of the best fights. I think the kids were gone. I think the kids were gone. That Ooh, so, you really were enjoying that fight. I, but actually, I would have liked. I mean, because Kelsey would have been asleep. I would have liked Kenton to see it. Um, but like one thing, like, like since like me and After have uh, uh, united, is that we've always enjoyed boxing even when we were younger. So this was like, oh, we're gonna watch the fight tonight, right? And it was like, in it for. Usually, you do that, and you like, these motherfuckers I took know. my money, right? Took right. my money, and spat in my face, and no, dude, they gave you every bit. Like I, I think I paid. I paid sixty nine or seventy nine. Regardless, I think it was seventy nine. If it was, was, was one twenty, I would have been satisfied.
1: Well, yeah, because I think the card was pretty decent before it. But obviously, if the main event sucks, like who cares mm-hmm. what the card is? And just how many rounds were they both getting knocked down in the round? Like when you start seeing that kind of shit in boxing, you know you're dealing with something.
0: Right, right. That was that was a good trilogy. For I mean, that was a good as of right now into a trilogy. I do think there'll be a a, 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 money, a, grab, a, a money grab a a money grab in a few years where it's like, hey, you wanna do this again? <laughs> 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 Pay-per-view's looking pretty good. I mean, and they should. If people are gonna pay for it, why not? If you put Absolutely. on that type of show, give me that every few years. Fine. Yeah. But now that. now we know the next one is finally and and, and I'm happy in all fairness I'll say this. I am happy that Deontay Wilder took advantage of that clause in the contract to step in and, and 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 intercede the joshua fury fight and give us part three of this fight and now clearing the deck so it's, because that was a nice, that was a nice pregame warm up until mm-hmm. what this may be. So I'm at, at first I was like, damn it. I just want to see fury. Joshua. I didn't want to see Deontay Wilder. Joshua. Again. I did want to see Deontay Wilder and Joshua. And now in hindsight of how well that, that last fight went down with both of those gentlemen, giving it their all uh, Deontay Wilder. I understand uh, being upset, but you at one point, you just got to get that man his props. I mean, I, and I, I hope I, he I, set the bar for Joshua. Like
1: you saw how weak I was in fight two. This is how strong I came in fight three. You better bring it if you're going to try to take down this dude.
0: Joshua better remember how when he took on... Listen, I don't know if you've seen the Joshua Klitschko fight, Vladimir Klitschko fight. It was a lot like that fight where Joshua... Beating his ass. I think I think Klitschko may have knocked Joshua down twice. Joshua may have knocked down Klitschko three to four to five. Klitschko's getting knocked down so much, Ryan. I was like, it's enough, sir. You've served us well enough. I'm being honest. I was like you. And I, I was like Klitschko. And he fought a weekend weight division. And I remember when he was glad Joe before Manny got him. But mid Klitschko became a great, and I'm like, dude, you served enough, you don't need to be out here doing this no more because it was like you. But he was he wouldn't quit. And I mean, if you go back to young Vladimir Klitschko, that game that fight would have been over, right? But he he came back at Joshua, and Joshua had to keep matching up against the great. So if Joshua can bring what he brought to that Klitschko fight into the fight with Fury. It's going to be better than this fight. And this fight, this last fight against Wilder, was was saying something to say the least. And this is
1: what we've been salivating for. Put together that freaking card that gets us excited twice a year. Come on, let's go. Exactly.
0: That's all. Even twice a year. Just. Baxton should get it the, the fuck out of his own way. That's just the truth of the matter. It, it, it not even. You should have four main events where. You feature you feature every weight division as the key, the, the, the prominent weight division. I'm gonna say ever as the main event, but definitely for instance, Canelo should be in two fights, and these heavyweights should be in two bouts, and these heavyweights should be in another two bouts. Crawford, should, like you, these guys, you have to put this stuff together. Even right. if even if you 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 go micro and break it down into like six to seven six to eight uh, bouts, where you can feature these guys, these prominent guys, and the younger guys that are coming up and it won't the boxing does itself such a damn disservice and it will never change and that's with seeing what the usc can do when you have dana white being in charge of connecting all these fights
1: Mm -hmm. i'm totally with you no excuse get it done look at ufc they put together some good cards to wrap up the year get some cards let's go
0: Exactly. If it, if if you had a commissioner, Floyd wouldn't have been able to duck Manny Pacquiao all those years, regardless of if you feel like Manny may have been taking something or not. All right. Definitely be back uh, this upcoming week, this by week kind of give you our mid grades on what's taking place with the Bears, the Bulls and anything else that breaks in sports. We'll definitely address it. Um, definitely enjoy yourself. Um, And as always don't do anything crazy before you hear from us again.